Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. Also check out our website, hitthatline.com, for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. It is, is coming to an end the month of October, heading into November, and this is kind of as far as the holidays go, my favorite stretch where you have Halloween, which is fun because you get to dress up like an idiot and get away with it. Thanksgiving, which is by far the best food holiday coming up in November. And then, of course, Christmas, where you get a lot of cool stuff. So it's a great stretch, and we're getting down to the end of 2019. And it's amazing how far and how fast this season is, uh, this year has gone. But what's kind of been a slow crawl is the Razorback football season. And once again... I am coming to you on a Monday discussing an Arkansas Razorback football loss, this time to the hands of Alabama, the number one team in the country, which is really no shame. There's really no shame in that. There's no shame in losing to Alabama. There was no expectation to beat Alabama, and in a lot of cases, there really wasn't even an expectation to be close against Alabama. But yet, so many people... And again, I don't blame any of them, but so many people are upset about this game and how it played out. And let me be a little more specific here. It's not that Arkansas lost the game. It's how they lost the game. And it has to do with some of the decisions that were made in this game that really don't make any sense and that frustrate the dog out of me. And I wish I could sit here and tell you all that it's going to get better and it's going to get turned around and there were things in this game that maybe could give you some hope, but I just don't see it. And the thing that bugs me more than anything is how this quarterback situation is being handled. And I know that there's more positions than just the quarterback, but the quarterback position is without a doubt the most important position on the field, especially when you have an offensive guy, quote-unquote, like Chad Morris. If you have an offensive guru, if you will, at least that's what we've been told, the quarterback is the key piece to it all. It was the key piece under Bobby Petrino. It was the key piece under any other offensive coach. If you want to bring in a Mike Leach into the into the flow, into the example, to a Dan Mullen, I mean, anybody who's a driven head coach that's known for their offensive-mindedness, that's a word, is now, you know that it's about the quarterback. Even Gus Malzahn over at Auburn, he cannot have a successful offense without the right quarterback in place. And so he felt like it would be the same way with Arkansas. But Nick Starkle starts this game for the Razorbacks against Alabama and fumbles it. Now, the snap, it was a bad snap by Ty Clary. He should have caught it, but it's still a bad snap. You know, I think both of them are to blame in that, in that turnover. But then Starkle throws a pick. And then another pick. And he has three turnovers already in the first half. Well, something has to give because Alabama's taking advantage. They're too good of a team not to take advantage of turnovers. So Arkansas decides to make a change, throw things up in a little bit offensively, and you get to see John Stephen Jones. John Stephen Jones, the great, or no, not the great, it might be the great grandson, just the grandson of Jerry Jones, in case you haven't heard. Uh, It's been in all the papers. 
but he is the grandson of Jerry Jones. And he was very successful in high school in the state of Texas, won a state championship, did really well doing it. I mean, there were really great things about him in high school. Now, he didn't get a bunch of offers to a lot of SEC schools necessarily, but still, he's at least a guy who's capable of playing the position. Because to me, if you can go out and perform at a high level in the highest classification in the state of Texas and win a state title, you're good enough to play at a lot of colleges, or at least good enough to play the position of quarterback. That's my opinion. may not be a popular one, but it's my opinion. So knowing all that and how things have gone, it becomes, all right, let's see what he can do. You're already down pretty big. Starkle wouldn't get anything for you. So let's throw a quarterback in, and John Stephen Jones, that's more familiar with the RPO, can do a lot more with his legs. See how it goes. And you know how it went? It went pretty well. Now, they weren't going down the field gashing the Alabama defense by any stretch. However, there was flow. There was good decision-making. John Stephen Jones running that RPO, being able to fake the handoffs or at least be the threat of maybe taking the ball himself, had the Alabama defense on their toes. But as they get closer and closer to the end zone, I believe it's around the 40, 45-yard line, so they're at least in Alabama territory, in comes in Nick Starkle, the guy that's turned the ball over three times. And I, I'm sitting there watching this, and I am baffled. And I, I was watching it with Tommy and, and Ty and everybody at Tommy's house, and I'm like, what are they doing? What are they doing? They had they had nothing with Nick Starkle. He was a turnover machine and has been for quite some time. They bring in John Stephen Jones, and he didn't throw the ball, but at least the offense was moving. So why are you bringing in Starkle? He's already proven in this game. He, it's just not his day. He's turned the ball over three times. And I get that he probably has a better arm, stronger arm, but you just need to limit the mistakes at this point and try to get some points. Well, lo and behold, a few plays of Nick Stark will come in. Guess what happens? He throws a pick that goes for a touchdown. A pick six, I believe is the old adage. And that puts Arkansas in even a bigger bind going into halftime where they are down 41-0 to zero at halftime. There were other things that happened in that game that I could sit here and break down and say how horrible it is, how terrible it is, how it should never happen, all of these things. I, I could totally do that. But I'm not going to. Because if there was any implication, any indication, any summary that you could have of what's been going on and why I have such an issue with some of the things that Chad Morris has done, that right there sums it up. You don't have rhythm. You don't. You make bad decisions. You don't know what you're supposed to do in particular situations, especially when it comes to SEC play. You're just kind of throwing things out there and saying, all right, well, whatever. Let's do it. You're just throwing the crap against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Because I have zero explanation. Zero for why you'd put Nick Starkle in when John Stephen Jones was driving down the field. Now, would he have scored a touchdown? 
Probably not. Would they have gotten in field goal range? I think so. But that's not the point. The point wasn't that John Stephen Jones didn't have the arm to get it downfield. The point was is you got a guy that was moving the offense, which you have not been able to do all game long. You had a QB in there that was providing a spark, and you took him out of the game inexplicably. No reason. Just because. And you replaced him with a guy that's been a turnover machine. And what happened when you did that? He turned it over, and it went for six points the other direction. That is the just the whole enchilada, the whole reason why I have problems with Chad Morris right now. And it's not been just then. It's been for every game. It's been for the past two seasons. It, it's just been weird, stupid, unacceptable, and totally weird decision-making by this head co- by this head coach and by the coaching staff. I can't get on board with that. I mean, if that to me, that made me mad. That made me mad. Because I write, if I, I'm not a coach, but if I was, I'm going to roll with the hot hand. I'm going to roll with the guy that's doing something for me. Because Starkle and Hicks have shown that they can't do anything for you. And who knows, maybe, maybe that's on Morris. Maybe that's on Craddock. Maybe that's on the coaching staff for them not being able to do anything. I don't know. I'm not in the practices. I don't know what goes on. But what I do know is that if I have somebody that's providing something for me, providing anything for me, providing some sort of glimmer of hope that maybe, just maybe, they can finally take advantage of an opportunity in front of them, I'm going to roll with that guy. But when you take him out like you did, that tells me all I need to know. You don't know what you're doing, man. You don't know. You're in over your head. You cannot make decisions like that and expect to be successful in this league. And unfortunately, it's a trend that has been going on for quite some time and doesn't look like it's going to end anytime soon. I hate talking about this. I hate talking about this. I hate being able to come onto this podcast and have to break it down this way. I really do. I hate it because it's not comfortable for me. But you know what's not easy to talk about? Let's just be honest, guys. Erectile dysfunction. It's not easy. Usually, you just brush it off or blame somebody and saying things, oh, man, I lost my mojo, or we could avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, and I'm just not feeling it. But the great thing about it is there's this product called Roman, and it is easy to talk about. Because with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED and all the comfort and privacy from your own home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is so simple. All you got to do is just go over to roman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman, and you can complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to roman.com slash lock to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash locked for a free visit to get started. Again, getroman.com slash locked. 
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, now I'm going to continue on with the conversation of the quarterback position because it is still four games left in the season. There's still four games. Mississippi State coming up this weekend. That game's going to be at 3 p.m. And then, of course, Western Kentucky is after that. Found out that that game's an 11 a.m. game. Who would have guessed? Uh, but that game's coming up. And then you have, of course, LSU on the road. I don't even want to even think about that game. And then Missouri to end the season in Little Rock. So three of the next four games are going to be in the state of Arkansas. And three of the next four games should be winnable games. When unfortunately, with Arkansas and how bad they are, they're not going to be. So you, you find yourself now, if you're Chad Morris in this staff, you're two and six, and you find out that now, the rest of the way, if there's any freshmen or any players that have not played yet, you get four games to possibly play them because of the redshirt rule in NCAA, which is a fantastic rule, and I'm totally for it, but I'm also glad that certain coaches and certain players and certain programs will take advantage of it, and so I enjoy it. And now that there's four games left, no matter who it is, if they have not played in a game yet this season, you can redshirt them no matter how much they play the rest of the way. And so when it comes back to the quarterback position, you got four guys that I think that most people have been looking at or at least seen. Of course, with Ben Hicks and Nick Starkle, you throw in K.J. Jefferson and also John Stephen Jones. Those are the three guys that you have that have legitimate chances of even playing snaps. And here's the thing. I've seen Ben Hicks. I've seen Nick Starkle. I have seen a little bit of John Stephen Jones. But have I seen K.J. Jefferson? I have not. Ben Hicks is a senior. This is done. He's over. Season doesn't matter anymore. As far as him and his eligibility, he's gone no matter what. Nick Starkle you'll have for another year. Sure. But his confidence is so shattered, I don't know what you'd really to expect out of him. So here becomes the ultimate question of what do you do? What do you do if you're Chad Morris and this staff at quarterback? Well, I'm not Chad Morris, but I'm going to tell you what I'd do. I would make sure that my entire team understands what I'm trying to accomplish in the last four games, making sure that I get plenty of young guys reps, nothing against the upperclassmen. They'll get their playing time too. But we're going to play a lot of these young guys, and that includes at the quarterback position. And that means that for the final four games of the season – only John Stephen Jones and K.J. Jefferson will be playing. That's it. Ben Hicks, we appreciate you coming on board, man. Didn't work out. Nick Starkle, take a back seat, man. Your confidence is shot. You're costing us in these games. Let's just get better in the offseason and see what we can do next year. John Stephen Jones and K.J. Jefferson, you're my guys. We're going to have you guys... Play it, take the first team reps throughout practice. We'll have some packages and a playbook designed strictly for you and your abilities. And we're going to have the team rally around you. And we're going to see what you can do. And what a better opportunity to have than three of the next four games being against pretty below average teams. Mississippi State is not a good team. Western Kentucky you should, should beat, but as we know, nothing's guaranteed. And then Missouri's even pretty bad. So 
you're a bad team too. I'm not saying it'll be wins, but it's least that you're not going up against Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia all back to back to back. I mean, you're going up against teams that at least quarterbacks could have some success against. And knowing that, I would play that route. I would go that route and see what these two guys can do. Tell me what KJ can do, because no matter what, folks, he's going to redshirt. He's going to have a whole other year of eligibility, and that's fantastic. But he's not going to do – you've already got to the point to where he needs real game experience, and there's no point in keeping him back. So roll with him. Roll with him. Give him the rock. Let him see what he can do. And don't let up. Don't make excuses. Don't try to get anybody pout. If Starkle pouts or Hicks pouts, too bad you had your shot. Go with the young kids and see what they can do. Because I'm telling you right now, if I am in this situation sitting at 2-6, and six, knowing my butt is on the line where I might get fired this year, I'm pulling out all the stops. I'm going to go out and I'm going to say, all right, I'm not going to go out this way. I'm not going to go out on a whimper. I'm at least going to go out saying that I tried everything. I gave it a shot. And if K.J. Jefferson and John Stephen Jones don't work at quarterback, then I have bigger fish to fry. I have bigger problems on my plate. But at least I tried. At least I gave him the shot. Because the last thing I want to see is at the end of the season, we look back on it and say, what would it have been with K.J. Jefferson just played a few snaps here and there? What would it have been like? Could have made the difference. He for sure could have made the difference with his legs. But I will just, listen, I will think it's a fireable offense. You can fire Chad Morris with cause if he does not play K.J. Jefferson in these final four games. And when I mean play him, I mean play him, not just come in for a play and then take him out like he did with the crap with John Stephen Jones early in the game. I'm talking about significant snaps. Going on drives, things of that nature. Do that. Show me that you can do that. And if you can, maybe, just maybe, there's enough to salvage. But when it comes to the quarterback situation, I'm rolling with only those two guys. And I will either ride or die with them. But the problem is, is if those two guys come in and do really well, (laughs) then it makes it even worse. And people will really start to question Chad Morris and his decision-making. But go with the young kids, Chad. It's what the fans want. I know that's what you want. You want to do something to save your job. You want to do something to get the people in the stands. Do something else, man. Because what you're doing now ain't working. You are locked on Razorbacks. Your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razor X podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. And also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.